Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a little... Bonus of private podcast. This is a bonus bonus. This is a bonus bonus bonus. Yeah, the podcast where nothing is off limits. Um, What we decided to do is we had the Tinder Swindler on the podcast, which she, uh, they were amazing. We had Felicity Morris, the director. We had Cecilia, um, who was one of the victims. Um, They came on the podcast, had a great time. It was a huge hit. Uh, and uh, in the Tinder Swindler, the documentary, it's very much referenced to Fire Festival and lots of things that went on there and how people are swindled and all these different things. And we had Andy King, who is one of the main characters from Fire Festival. He famously said uh, that he would have given fellatio to mm. someone to get the water on the island. And he, and he says it in his own. He says, I would have sucked his dick. That's what he says in, in Fire Festival. Yeah. And we had him on the podcast. He was a fantastic guest. He was a great guy. So we thought, um, in respect for the Tinder Swindler that we had come out and the huge love for that. Also, uh, on Netflix at the moment, Fire Festival is trending again. Sophie, my girlfriend, re-watched uh, watched it for the first time, loved it. And for you guys out there who hadn't, haven't listened to the Andy King episode but potentially have listened, watched Fire Festival recently, we thought we'd rebroadcast it. Does that make sense? That made complete sense. It's here again, and it's probably better the second time around. Yeah, so. way better the second time. So really find out exactly what went down in Fire Festival for the first time, or if you've listened to it before, for the second time. Enjoy it. We love you. Thank Don't you. Bye-bye. Good night. <laughs> Enjoy it. Bye-bye. So before we kick things off, um, and do, do, do you sleep well? Mm. Yeah, see, see, I, there you go. I knew it. You can relate straight away. I don't sleep well. You don't? No. 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 no we I, have a beautiful bed at our hotel, which I, we've been sleeping very well. But And we have a great bed at home, but I don't know. My sleeping pattern hasn't my, my bed is beautiful, but my mind is not. There <laughs> it is. That, that's just the problem. Always going. I mean, my bed used to be my sanctuary. It was always like, and nothing could stop me from yeah, sleeping. Yeah, I want to hear this. So wait, your, your bed was your sanctuary as well. So that's the place where. <clears throat> well, it was, you know, 
welcome to the world of Andy King, where you know I'm hosting these events all the time, and I'm on all day long, on until like I crawl into bed, and then I'm off. And that used to be how I was for years. Now I crawl into bed and I'm not off still. I'm like, oh my God, okay, oh Jesus. Oh, what, what's, what's, oh, what's keeping your mind going? Is it your phone, Jerry? <sighs> it could be. I mean, what do you maybe. Mean your phone? What do you mean? <clears throat> the phone, that's what keeps me up a lot of the time. Yeah, but, but, yeah, no, but, well, I don't. I mean, I'm always, I have, I have two porn things I do. Two um, porn things. Porn, yeah. <laughs> porn hub and porn. <laughs> you porn. I do. I do boat porn. So I'm always shopping for these beautiful old antique boats, you know. And then I do house porn. So I'm always looking at houses to buy somewhere. You know? Jamie, what are, your, what are your two porns before, <laughs> before you go to sleep? Yeah, mine is uh, glory holes. <laughs> Porns go. Those are pretty expensive. I know. I mean, you, searching for boats at night and houses at night isn't like a... Well, I'm always looking for the deal. It's like, oh my God, okay. no one else is going to be up at 2 a.m. I'm like, oh, I'm telling you, look at this boat. Listen, it's just gone on the market. And, it's a hundred years old and it's a wreck. Andy, no, no. You're about next to one. you're about to come. Swipe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Swipe to the next. It's like Tinder for boats. No. That bitch? No, no, no. She's gonna be very expensive. And I always pick the ones that need the most work or I like old boats. You know? Oh, you feel like you can fix them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see. Well, and they're cla- you know, they I, I, as I'm like the king of sustainability in the event world, I have to sort of continue that brand in everything I do. And so I can't like buy a new beautiful super yacht. That would be like my man Leah, who's always on a super yacht, then he gets yeah. a lot of backlash. Yeah. So I'm like, no, 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 no. But I could buy a really old boat and just say, I, you know, we restored it and we brought it back to life. And it's all about repurposing and reclaiming. And But that's quite a nice journey. My dad's <coughs> actually doing that at the minute. He bought a, like a really fucked up old boat. But it's really and, expensive. It's and really he, expensive. he's just been living on it and, and rebuilding it himself from nothing. See, that's cool. Yeah. It is. Yeah, but is it, is it cool? Because I feel like... Yeah, I, I think like, that is cool. Well, rather than getting like a, a gym palace that you've <coughs> spent a load of my, yeah, money on. And my dad has a catamaran that he keeps in Croatia. Well, well my dad's... <laughs> yeah, my dad has a tennis court. <laughs> my dad has three houses. Um, but he does. He has a catamaran that's in Croatia. He, he, if you're the same where he's obsessed with boats. He just yeah. loves it. And I think perhaps when you get to... Um, you know, when you're when you're in your older years, you quite like that because it's kind of sense of relaxment, serenity, serenity, all that kind of thing. What he loves to do is he just likes to go out. He can be on that for months. And he now says to me the other day, he says he doesn't understand why when he comes back to London, he lives in London, he doesn't get it why we have all these things because on the boat he needs nothing. Mm-hmm. Well, this is like I say to so many people, at the end of the day, <clears throat> excuse me, the one place, you know, that if I'm on my sailboat, and I mean, you put those sails up, you turn off the engine, and you just are one with the world. And I pour myself a little glass of wine or a little rosé or a nice drink and just take a deep breath. It's unbelievable. That God, is I'm there a with luxury. You. I'm there with uh, yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. I'm, so, I'm setting sail in my mind. <laughs> it's a total luxury. But at the end of the day, you know, it's not realistic for most of the world. But, but but also, but Sandy, so you you like boats and then houses, but because you 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 said this before when we come upstairs that you love you you're into design and things like that. So whenever you go to someone's house, you basically say that doesn't work, that doesn't work, and they go, well, well he just fucked up my whole house here. Now we have to change everything. You kind of do that in houses, don't you? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm constantly going to people's homes and just saying, why is your sofa on that wall? They're like, it's always been on that wall. I'm like, it why is your sofa on the wall? It's so wrong. <laughs> what is? How could something so right be so wrong? 
And they're like, well, what do you, what do you, th-? I'm like, it goes over there. And I'm like, okay, move it, everybody. Everybody move. Pick up your drinks. Andy says we're moving the sofa. <laughs> and you do, and, and you, they. <laughs> and I do it. And at the end of the day, you know what? Four years later, like, Andy, the sofa's still on the wall. You put it over there. It looks perfect. I reckon what has to happen is that when you come back to us, like, go, we're going to have to move everything back to what Andy said it was because he's going to get it. Andy's turned up drunk again. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. I think that chair should go <laughs> over there. Let's, uh, that's a toilet, Andy. <laughs> yeah, let's start with a studio here. <laughs> yeah, you don't start with a studio. The computers have to go. <laughs> yeah. Computers have to everything go. Everything has to go. Hey, so listen, Andy. So, I, by the way, I'm huge... Um, Huge fan of you, and I know all of our listeners right now are going to be psyched to oh, have you on because I don't you. feel like you. From what I understand, I haven't heard podcasts that you've been on before and things. Have you done many podcasts? Just a handful. Okay, so I a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, a load of them. Just a huge handful. <laughs> no, no, I think only four or five, maybe. I don't know. Right? God, we're privileged yeah. because because what um what people probably know you best for is the kind of uh, documentary. Mm-hmm. Fire Festival, which was on Netflix. What, what was that? Right. Did you not catch I, I, that? I missed that one. <laughs> Did you not catch that? What one? went down? It, it's it, and also for all, for all of. I mean, you can explain it to me. For all of the listeners who don't know what Fire Festival was, how would you explain it to them? Well, they, you know, Netflix did an incredible job calling it like the greatest party that never happened. Mm. And it, you know, basically, it's about Jamie's sex life. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I like that. The audience like that, yeah, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank you, God. Jeepers. <laughs> Private parts. Yeah. There, there you parts. go. Yeah. Now, yeah. You, now you're getting into it. There but, we are. but it was. They called it this. The, the, Netflix um, created about this festival that was put on, and it was meant to be the, the holy grail of all festivals. Yes, yeah, the first luxury music festival in the world. And it was a vision that Billy McFarlane, the young, I'd, I'll call him an entrepreneur. I'm trying to be nice, you know, now. Well, he's a well, he's a sociopath. He's like he's Donald Trump Jr. But really? anyway, um, we don't have to talk politics here. But um, Billy had a vision, and I had worked with Billy on helping him <clears throat> build a company called Magnesis, which is a, bra- a black credit card company. Yeah. So you basically it was like an Amex black card, but you could just be you know a marginal person or a loser and just have a, your Barclays Bank debit card, but you'd swipe it onto this card, which was beautiful and metal and, you know, platinum, and you could hear it hit the ground. And we were able to, like, develop incredible relationships with all the top restaurants in New York and clubs and um, art galleries and, you know, gyms and whatever, whatever. Mm -hmm. And it was sort of a privileged card, but it was like... 500 bucks a year or something like that. And what did the card do? It just, it, you could just you get would, you into places. Yes. That was it. And maybe some discounts. But then um, Billy bought a brownstone um, in the village, not far from my brownstone, and I helped him decorate it. And we hired a butler and we did chef series and wine tastings. And so it was a kind of a concept of bringing like young kids who come to New York, they get out of university and they're working ungodly hours they really don't have that much time to meet anybody so this was like like a a way to kind of like a club where you have this community now where Mm -hmm. kids are meeting people constantly and all these events and so i i hosted 44 events for billy for free um one of my problems and um <laughs> that was that was stupid <laughs> free yeah one of my it's, problems yeah did he, did he give you a black card is it oh uh, yeah <laughs> uh-huh. uh, but we can get you into equinox so there yeah, it is oh it. we did i did a lot yeah, of yeah, negotiating yeah, yeah. with equinox I oh get my a free gosh. chicken at nando's <laughs> uh. <laughs> 
But we, I helped him sort of grow the business from like 400 members to 15,000 members. And wow, um, that's a lot of members. It's a lot of members. Yeah, 500 uh, That's a that's that's a good amount. Yeah, and then he opened up a, uh, a magnesis in Washington. I think they were, you know, starting to do one in San Francisco. So they were starting to move these into different cities across America. And um, what was his, what was the motivation? What, what is the kind of end game with that, right? So what, what is it to... He could, wants to sell, he wanted to sell Magnesis to a big credit card company for a big sum of money. So he was just, you know, because the... He was I obsessed think, with cash, right? That, that oh, just, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And credit card companies, I think they struggle with um, getting that demographic, which are these young kids coming out of university that need a card, um, but they still don't have quite the amount of credit that they should. Mm. Um, and then they're, they're kind of, they don't jump into it too quickly. And so Billy was focusing on a demographic, like a Visa and a MasterCard really wanted. So they're like, oh, we have 15,000 people that we really want. Billy has them. We will pay a lot of money to absorb this membership and the concept. And that was, you know, ironically, that was the way that Billy got me to fire because um, he had made me a board member of the company. And so he called me and I was hosting the, World Cup program ski championships in Squaw Valley. And he said, where are you? I said, you know, I'm north of San Francisco. He said, well, I need some help. You know, I'm doing this music festival in the Bahamas and we're having some challenges. And I said, well, you know, well, I, I need a few days. He said, well, I'll send a jet. And that should have been like, what? That should have been just like warning, Slide warning, warning. But I'm like, oh, flag. a jet. You know what? Billy's doing really well right <laughs> now. That's fine. A fucking jet to San Francisco. That's about 50 grand. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. So he sent the jet, you know, and I arrive in the Bahamas and Billy was, you know, the original story was that Billy had, um, well, in, in, the, in that discussion on the phone before the jet arrived, he just said, you know, I bought Pablo Escobar's island in the Bahamas. And I'm mm. like, oh my gosh, right? And I knew the island because I grew up going to Exuma, which is where the festival actually ended up sort of not taking place. And um, so I knew a lot of the islanders and he, I said, Pablo's, but why Pablo's island? And he said, well, that's the largest private landing strip in the world, which of course it did mm. because of all the drug you know, yeah, dealing yeah, that went yeah, on. Yeah. But he never bought it, you know, and he was working with like leasing it from Pablo's lawyers and nothing was ever done properly. And so they finally just said, listen, you know, you need to get your crew and everybody out of here. And um, so he went to the adjacent island Exuma, which is where he, you know, but I, still. That's I where love that Pablo was able to hang on to the island, even though he was a drug trafficker. And Don't dead. you love it? But yeah. it was his family. <clears throat> but it was his fa but, it, but Pablo Escobar's family still, they own everything of his. They do tours with his house. They basically just, you know. Making money with. Yeah. off the back of his name. Drug trafficking is cool, kids. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. You want to come see it? You want to come see it? But, but, okay, I want to take a step back as well. So, so what was your background? What were you, your background was creating events and doing events. Because how do you get involved in that and events and everything? So I, um, I started an event business in, uh, well, 1994, before anybody was born. Were you born that uh, year? 88, 88. I was, I was I born. I was 1990. You were 1990. I was four years old, yeah. 19, yeah, great. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm 100 years old. Yeah, 103. That's my age. It's a good yeah. age. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. What well college preserved. are you drinking? Well, <laughs> no, I use, you know, Fixer Upper. What was that little TV show? And she started her own cream line. That's why I look so great. Yeah, because that was a porn night where I, on the TV, and she said, buy this cream. You're going to look a lot porn. younger. And then Craig told me, you know, you get charged $100 a month on your credit card for that cream you bought once. It's been going on for about a year and a half. I'm like, what? But anyway, 
It really helps. It's working. So yeah, I don't look a hundred. Yeah, I, I'm I'm a sucker for all those things. I oh, what did I what did I put on my face the other day? I I, I so, will see. <laughs> I would I would honestly drink it yeah. if someone said to me this is going to make you look younger. I'll do it. I saw a picture of Michael Douglas and I went, he's my idol. That's what I I want to have about four facelifts. And when I pick my kids up when I'm old, I want to go, hey kids, I just <laughs> run away from me. I used to get Botox in my forehead, but I haven't done it in about twenty. Years. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. But. Oh my gosh. Okay, so 1994. Yeah, take us back. I was profiled on the front page of the Wall Street Journal as America's first corporate concierge. And it was a concept that I had developed with a friend, and he had a database of anything you wanted to know about New York, where to buy it, where to find it, where to see it, where to eat it, where to do it. Pepsi had been um, lambasted and, and just uh, highly criticized in Fortune magazine and Forbes magazine as. <clears throat> one of the worst places to work mm. and that they just would recruit these amazing kids and then grind them in and grind them out and just mm. continue this process. And so um, Pepsi struggled in like, what? how can we become an employer of choice? How can we like attract great people and then retain them? And boom. So I went through, um, I was... I'd written my first cookbook that year, and so I was sorry, home a little sorry, bit. Wait, hold on. I know. I do a lot of shit. Sorry, sorry, like this. You sorry, asked me about sorry. sleeping? I don't have time to fucking sleep. Are you I'm kidding me? Oh, God. Sorry. Jesus. Sorry. Yeah. So you've got Elizabeth Ox, and you're running a cookbook. So you're, and then you're going on to do uh, yeah. working and for Pepsi, right? Yeah. Cookbooks. And then, uh-huh. Just quick, it's so funny. That's what business, it's, it's, so this is the 90s. Businesses still are struggling to retain people. That's just a constant Absolutely. battle with anything. Well, and so this was like yeah. an in-house concierge service. So right. literally, you, we, we designed a program where you could be more productive at work and happier at home. Because you get to work, you're like, it's the biggest project that I have in my career, but the fucking bathtub won't drain upstairs. My in-laws are coming on Saturday. It's my wife's birthday on Sunday. I haven't done anything. So my kids got a bar mitzvah next, and I'm like, they call my office, Sandy. I'm like... No problem, because we'll have a plumber at your house at, you know, 3 o'clock on Thursday. Oh, it's your wife's birthday. Guess what? There'll be two dozen roses waiting for her. There'll be a limo out front. We got your reservations at the best restaurant. You're going to go see Les Mis, 
and you're going to look like the king of fucking China. And they're like, oh, my God, you know. And I became like this miracle worker because I could call anybody. What? I would call. So I'd call. Yeah, but how did what, you get what, these what, contacts? Because I call just... the tape and I say, okay, listen, I need to get 10 very high-level people in to see an exhibit that's not open yet. They're like, I'm sorry, Mr. King. And I'm like, well, um, let me explain doors. myself. Yeah. I'm Pepsi's concierge, yeah. and I represent 250,000 people. Have you read my cookbook? <laughs> and so the Tatels say, you know what? There are different times where we can't get anybody into this museum, but I represent all these employees at Pepsi who don't give a shit what time they go. They just want to get in there. And I'm like, they're like, how about, you know, 9 a.m. and you know two weeks on a Thursday. I'm like absolutely no problem. Where most people are like, no, no, no. I'm, uh, I'd love to come in at four and have a drink. You know, no, no. Pepsi employees didn't care. You know, and so then I'd call. You know, at that point it was, you know, uh, maybe it was Les Mis or it was Rent. I don't know some big Broadway yeah, yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. And you well now let's call it Hamilton. You know, no one can get a ticket to fucking Hamilton. Yeah. On and on. Well, I can because Tommy Kill, the fucking producer, was one of my bartenders. Anyway, it's a whole other story. So, <laughs> so um, it goes on did, and on I, and on. I love like how you breeze over effect. things. Did they ever call you to ask for Coke? Coca-Cola. Oh, don't, don't, that, that don't. Be controversial. I'm a Coke drinker. This is the problem. And I decided to have a fucking pool party at my house where, of course, you know, they're oh, like, no, they were paying me $3,000 a month. I went through nine weeks of interviews. They're like, no, 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 I don't think we're going to, you know, I don't think we'll hire Andy because, like, this job, you need to be able to relate to all levels of people. Well, guess what? Like, I'm best friends with the chairman of PepsiCo, and I am best friends with everybody in the mailroom. And that's who Andy King is. Like, no one, we are all the same on this planet. Mm. And that's been the beauty of my career. But here I am, you know, I'm like, I, I want to do something for all these hardworking employees. So I decided to have a pool party, forgetting that in the pool fridge is Diet Coke, regular Coke, you know, <laughs> Fanta, you know, not a Pepsi product within 100 miles. And, of course, you know, the head of human resources for Pepsi, I'm looking up, and she's like, I'm like, what? You're having a heart attack in the pool house? She's like, the fridge! I'm like, oh, no, not the fucking fridge! Quickly, I'm like dragging it out the back of the pool house. Anyway, so I, there I am, and I'm America's first, and it was, it just went Viral, but at that point there was no social media. But I'm on the front page of the Wall Street Journal. I'm front page of the New York Times. Front page of the New York Post. At Pepsi, he's the right one. Uh huh. Oh, you need a baby elephant for your daughter's birthday party? No fucking problem. I'll deliver it on Saturday. Like I had the animal rights people after me all the time because they had like porpoises and people swimming pools. I mean, I could do anything because I had this buying power. I could call anywhere and oh, I need wow. tickets. And they're like, sorry, we're sold out. I'm like, you know. I, you know, I, I represent Pepsi. I have 250,000. And that's, you know, there's a limo in front of my office. And wow. We want to take you to lunch because everybody, you know, there's a no solicitation policy, really, with all big corporations. You can't get in. You can't advertise. I was doing oil. You just drop your keys off at the desk in one of my concierges. Your oil's changed in your car. Yeah. Uh, we had trucks that would come in and pull into the back parking lot, change your oil, detail your car, and fuel it up, and you just pick up your key at the end of the day. We had, I had chefs making foods to go. You're like, I'm working day and night, but I got my four kids. I'm like, just stop by the dining room, listen, there'll be dinner for eight or whatever. It'll be 25 what? bucks, you that know. mad. And so it went wild. And the challenge was, was that I began then speaking about this all across the United States, but there's only one problem. There's one Andy King. Mm. And I couldn't find other Andy Kings that could relate to all levels of employees, that could 
you know, go and make yeah, but things that's a happen. Yeah, that's a typical founder, right? That you, that, right. that what happens, you don't How do you scale delegate. it? Jamie, right. Jamie cannot do that. <laughs> well, he, no, you he's only good at relating with high level. But that's, but that's, um, that's, a, that's a masterful way to be, you know, right? That you have to, you, you have to relate to every single person in those situations. What is the weirdest thing someone would ask you for? What came through and you were like, <laughs> okay, I don't know how I'm going to organize this. Well, this is, and this was like one of the reasons why I was profiled in the front page of Wall Street Journal is that you have like Ernie, and Ernie worked in the mailroom. You know, Ernie wasn't quite all there, but a really good guy. Been working there for a hundred years, one leg dragged behind the other. I don't know. But anyway, he was in the mailroom. And so one day he came by the office and he's like, um, gosh, Andy, uh, um, can I talk to you? And I said, yeah. He said, well, my mom lives in Florida and um, she's uh, broken her hip. And she's stuck in her apartment, and there's no one can help her. And I'm like, God, Ernie, it sounds money time. Man. But, money time. But, but anyway, like, I'm trying God to organize an elephant orgy for <laughs> no, this weekend. I, yeah, you, it's like Ernie. You sure you don't need out. like theater tickets or something? <laughs> yeah, I can yeah. get you into any <laughs> yeah. restaurant. He's like, No, it's my mom. And I'm like, Oh Shit. God, I gotta go to fucking Florida and drag this woman off the ground and try to get her around. But you know, my family, you know owned a company in the insurance world, and so I was able to make a few calls and find the insurance company that represented her and mm -hmm. then reached out to them, and they reached out to a home health care service, and, and then the next thing you know, there's a woman going in every day to help his mom. And so he came in to thank me and started to cry, and I was like, oh, my word. And every day for two years, the mailroom was about a mile away. I mean, the campus of Pepsi, you can imagine, is huge, the big corporate headquarters, and these huge sculpture guards. Every day, he came by my office on the way into work. Crying. To thank, well, <laughs> Crying. Not, to thank yeah, me. Yeah, but that's, a, that's but amazing. So Isn't that incredible? <laughs> and so there it was because they're like, oh, Andy, you're only going to be in the executive office all the time. Are you fucking kidding me? No. And I could walk into the cafeteria and everybody was clapping because I'd have a driver or someone who worked at KFC. And they're like, gosh, Andy, you know, um, one this is a story like there's no story. One woman came in and she's like the director of marketing at a very high level. And she's like... And it, she starts to cry. I'm like, oh, God, here we go again. And she's like, <laughs> just crying right? crying and I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, how was your holiday? You know, Jane? And she's yeah. like, well, I think I've spent the last holiday not knowing who my real parents are. And I'm hoping you could help me find Shut my up. parents. I was adopted. I'm like, Jesus, Jane. I mean, how about a restaurant for lunch? I mean, you want to get a rent? I, do you I think I'm rent. Jesus? I am not Jesus. And guess what? I fucking found her parents. <laughs> well, absolutely. Well, I found doors. an agency in Washington, D.C. who finds the parents, the That's blood so parents funny. of adopted kids. And I mean, you would have thought I had like recreated the world for her. And she, wow. I mean, and within 60 days, she flew to meet her parents and they were in Seattle. And I don't know, it was a huge. So there were amazing stories. But, but, but do you know what, that, any, there's a huge juxtaposition here because you're such like a people person. You're working these things. You, you're basically a fixer, right? That's what you yeah. do. And you're a fixer in so many ways. Cut to years later when you're doing Fire Festival, it's the complete opposite. So that's completely against what you have been doing for the last 30 years and all these kind of things and doing that. Well, I thought. Well, I you, were, you were trying to do it. But yeah. It just didn't work So out. we'll give one last good piece. So the phone rings on my concierge desk yeah. and someone says, oh, Andy, it's the chairman of uh, ING Bank. He's crying. And uh, <laughs> yeah, well, he practically was crying. He was married to that crazy woman. But anyway, that's another story. So... Um, so he says, uh, you know, Andy, I'd love to, we've read about you in the Wall Street Journal. We'd love to have you come into our new corporate office in Manhattan. Mm -hmm. And they sent a limousine and I go in and they said, you know, 
we would love to talk about implementing this concierge service to all our employees because we want to be the new investment banking firm. And um, so I said, okay. But they said, we'd like to have you start with a, you know, a, your first big project. And I said, sure, what's that? You know, and as a cookbook writer, and one of the things I did as a kid through university and everything else is that I catered my first wedding and did all the food when I was 16 <laughs> years intense. old. That and I didn't exciting. have my driver's and license. Cooked, and my you grand- cooked at your own wedding. Oh, no, no. I catered a catered, wedding oh, for a catered. friend. And it was 150 guests. And I did all the food. And my grandmother's chauffeur brought me over in the Cadillac. And we, yeah. all, you know, they're like, who the fuck is this person? Like, little Richie Rich. But I'm like, no, no, no. I'm a worker, you know. And I made all the food, you know. And that's what I, so I catered parties, you know, during the summers and when I was at university. So, um, and at Pepsi, you know, I'd have, a, I'd get a call. I have 100 Japanese, you know, tax people are coming in to, to the United States and we need to entertain them. And because of my power, I would make a call and I found an, an, an old loft in the meatpacking district of Manhattan. And I read that Elton John was coming into town and I called the broker and I said, listen, can I get 100 front row seats and anything for you, Andy? And then I find out Jean-Georges is, you know, uh, coming out with a cookbook. And so I call and I get Jean-Georges to come and get, bring everybody a cookbook, make the dinner for 100. And, you know, and so... I could make anybody in any department shine. But that was like the size things I was doing, so like 100 people. And so Lane, the chairman of ING, uh, says, well, we're going public on the New York Stock Exchange, and we'd like to have a party, and we'd love for you to host it. And I'm like, oh, okay. Must be so much fun. I said, "Um, what's your budget? Now, keep in mind, like, I'd probably done party for like 150 grand, you know? Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, he said, well, well, I think we'd spend about... Two and a half million. And I'm like, <laughs> and then I didn't know how to respond. And then I'm like, I, and then I, I didn't know what to do. And I, I just finally said, well, are you flexible? And he's like, sure, we'll double the budget if you come up with some great oh things to Lord. do. And I'm like, and I bought my first fucking 60 foot boat with a commission from that really? one wow. party. That one party. Really? And, you know, don't ask. Elton John perform at Tito Puente, you know, lowering from the ceiling. I had the boys choir of Harlem and. I mean, it, it just goes on and on. Sounds no, like the, the glory does. The fireworks, and then, I mean, here's one good story. I mean, so there I am. I'm the gay guy, but I'm the gay guy who, like, wears his Gucci's and has his Rolex and always is dressed well, and I don't come in the room screaming, you go, girl, and I don't make people uncomfortable. And I owned every trading floor of every bank because I had this power, and everybody loved me. But I'd come in and go, Jamie, like, what are you wearing? You know, and you go, what, you don't like it? I'm like, well, you know, isn't it your your wife's birthday? And you're like, yeah, I'm like, we need to go shopping at lunch. Okay, and you'd say, Jane, you know, block me at lunch because uh, Andy's taking me shopping. You know, I could just do that. So you'd have this uh, personal relationship with so many. All these traders, yeah. And so, and they were were printing money in the 90s. You know, think of the Wolf of Wall Street. Mm. I hosted all, that one party I did for IMG. Was it, was it wild? Was it wild? It was wild. Well, I had to do three parties for them. And then the first party was so successful. We did the second one. And then we did a fireworks display like no one had ever seen. And it stopped all the traffic on one side of Manhattan. And the next morning, the mayor's office called my office and said, we'd like to talk to Andy. And like, oh, what's going on? They said, well, Andy, you know, you stopped all the traffic. Like people got out of their cars. Like ambulances couldn't get anywhere. And we need to fine you $100,000. I'm like, oh, my God. Are you fucking kidding me? I just like, bought a boat. Yeah, I, just bought a, <laughs> I, just well, bought I can't a boat. pay the tax captain now. I mean, <laughs> how dare you? And so I'm like, oh my God. So I put my tail between my legs and I go to the bank and you know, I get out on the trading floor and he's like, Andy, Andy. I'm like, huh, well, I owe something. Peter, you know, head trader, can I see you in your office? And he said, sure. So we go and I said, Pete, a little problem. He's like, what? 
I said, well, the mayor's office called about the party last night. And, um, you know, you know fireworks are a little bit of an issue. Party. And apparently, you know, all the traffic stopped on the FDR drive. <laughs> and uh, they're fining us $100,000. He's like, don't move. Don't move. He opens the door. He's like, everybody, guess what? We stopped Manhattan last night, and now we're being fined $100,000. We're like, yeah! I should have said they fined us a million dollars. They would have given me the check, you know? Yeah. It's so this was the start, and then from then on, boom, Goldman Sachs would call. Andy, how much did you spend on the party last night? I'm like, because they'd invite all these different bankers. I'm like, mm. Mm, can't say. A million? Mm-mm. Two? They, they want to, like, try Ooh. and top them. Always. No this way. went on oh. for, like, 15 years. I mean, I made, I average, like, make 250 grand a party, and it just... But back then, you know, we have midgets on people's shoulders, passing champagne. Like, nothing oh, yeah. was right. I mean, everything was just, but it was it's fun. But it was so wrong. <laughs> so wrong. It was just bad. And so And finally, just debauched as well. And it was just so much. It was just money, 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 money. Well, think then. of Leonardo DiCaprio and the Wolf of Wall Street. I mean, that was it. And there I was, the man hosting all the parties. And so, you know. So is that fast. a good rep? Was it a good rep? Or a, it was a good rep within that? Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, I had total respect, and I wasn't. No, you know, whatever. I wasn't that bad. Okay, private partners. Now uh, that is the end of part one. We didn't do that in the episode, hence why I'm doing it now, is because Andy was talking, telling just amazing stories. So I didn't want to interrupt him. So that's the end of part one. And stick around because we're going to be back for more storytelling with Andy King in part two. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.